Welcome to the Irresistible You podcast. This is the place to get a dose of empowerment to create the life you crave and deserve. I'm your host, Amy Beltran, CEO and founder of Irresistible University. Through my podcast and online coaching program, I teach women just like you how to ditch the body image issues, gain confidence, and lose the emotional weight to look and feel irresistible at any size. If you like this podcast, you're going to love my group coaching program. If you would like to learn more about the program, including the investment cost, what's included, see real client testimonials, and to sign up and enroll, please head over to irresistibleicing.com slash course. The link is also in the show notes. Hello, everyone, and I just want to say how much I have missed all of you, how much I have missed podcasting, and I hope that some of you have missed my voice as well. Um, I know I've heard from many of you that you were wondering, where, what's happening to the podcast? Are you taking a break? What's going on? And so in this episode, I want to talk about why I've been away, what's next and coming up for the podcast, and also tying all of this into how to come back home to yourself. So you guys know whenever I share my own personal stuff, I always connect it back to, you know, something you can apply to your own life. And let's just get right into it. Um, I'm not quite sure how this episode's going to flow because I have some very loose bullet points that I want to cover, but I think this is going to just be more of con- like a conversational type podcast where I'm just going to put it all out there, um, which I guess I always do that, honestly. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is going to be much more personal, I think, for me to share some things. And it's actually one of the reasons why I haven't wanted to post any new episodes um, recently. So a couple of reasons. Why have I been away? Number one, um, I kind of just took an unannounced podcast break over the summer This has been a very challenging summer for me, and I think a lot of you know why. And I also, um, so let me get into that. So, because that feeds into the other reason. So number one, the reason I've been away is I needed to take an unannounced break. And the reason I needed to take a break is that I was just feeling um, completely and utterly spent as a human being. I felt just like I had nothing else left to give. I felt like I wasn't any type of, how do I say this? I didn't feel that I could come on here and be a voice of inspiration or motivation in the state that I was in. Um, and then it made me also, the longer I was away, like for the last couple of weeks, my plan was to come back at the beginning of September and it just didn't feel right. Every time I would sit down to record, it's like, me who always has something to say just didn't have anything to share and a part of that reason is I have just been feeling like such a hypocrite because everything that embodies the irresistible you framework the guiding principles that complete the framework the things that I teach in my program I wasn't fully doing for myself. I'm not going to say I wasn't doing it at all, but I was really just kind of hanging on by a thread. And I know 100% that me not taking those five principles and making them, you know, the pillars of my life 100% 
is the reason why I have been feeling the way I'm feeling. It's contributed to that. So I think, you know, it goes to show the power of the framework and the principles and the program and that it works, but you have to be willing to show up and do the work as well. And so this past summer has just been, um, it's been a very different summer. Um, so if you don't know, you can go back a couple episodes and hear the entire story. But I know those of you that follow me and we talk on the regular and those of you inside my program already know why. Um, but my daughter, who's only four, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes um, in June. And so the last, oh, it's been almost three months since diagnosis. And I would say the last, you know, two months of that have really have really just been, um, it's been a whirlwind because there's so much to learn. There is so much to figure out. And, you know, there's, and I shared this in my, my other episode around this, but there's so many layers to something like this because it's not just what you have to do in terms of treating and doing insulin and all that there's the emotional layers there's the exhaustion there's the just the heartache all these things um wrapped up into one and that's been very challenging I will say I feel that my husband and I are now in a place where it's like I and I think I talked about this in the beginning because when I shared what had happened it was pretty it was pretty raw still um and I feel like we're in the place which was always our goal and it's getting better, you know, as time goes on, obviously. But like when we first found out Catalina had diabetes, diabetes was the center of the house. Diabetes was the front, was the passenger in the front seat. It was just every single thing was diabetes because it is all consuming when you have a child with this. Um, especially when you first get diagnosed and you're trying to learn and you're trying to figure it out. And then the, then she's having meltdowns about everything. And, you know, we, we did get to a place where now, I mean, it's like, I can't even begin to tell you how far we've come. And when I look at the time, it's only been barely, it hasn't even been two months as of this episode. I mean, three months, it hasn't even been three months yet. It's almost there. And I can't even begin to tell you, um, how far she has come, how far we have come, and that now diabetes, I don't even know, honestly, if it's riding in the backseat anymore or if it's just really a suitcase in the trunk, to be honest with you. Um, and that doesn't mean it goes away, right? It, it Diabetes is a constant reminder in our life. We know it's there. We know we're managing it. We know we're always, you know, some nights are worse than others, Um but I feel like it's it's started to become like a suitcase in the trunk instead of that that front seat rider. And, you know, there's nights where, you know, she's having some some low blood sugars where I'm up and treating her. And, you know, there's days that are harder than others, especially, you know, school starting recently. So it's like it comes in waves, but I feel like we are in such a great place with everything and also just to update everyone, because I know it's been a while, we also have the technology in place now. My daughter is wearing a continuous glucose meter, which tells us her blood sugar any time of day. As a matter of fact, as I'm recording this, I have my phone sitting on the stand and I am currently watching her blood sugar while she's at school, which 
you know, <laughs> if you think back a hundred years ago, um, if someone, especially a child, you know, anyone that was diagnosed with type one diabetes, it, it literally was a death sentence. And then insulin was discovered. And then we're in this place where she has this device on her arm where it sends me alerts and notifications if she's going too low, too high, too rapidly up or down. And it's just, I'm so grateful for that. And it's been literally a lifesaver for us. Um, and that I can have communication with her teacher and we, we have a protocol and a plan if she starts to drop. And that just that just puts us in such a better space. And we're also better able to manage what's going on, right? Um, and there's that peace of mind. And then secondly, just as of last week, she now has a insulin pump, which means no more daily injections. Um, the insulin pump is completely wireless and tubeless. It literally is like a sticker with a raised pod that goes on her body. And I control it or my husband controls it from this little device that looks like a phone. And let me tell you guys, like I could cry thinking about it because it's just given us so much freedom um, and normalcy back in our life. Because here's a great example, okay? My daughter takes um, ballet and tap. And normally on those nights, because we're busy, we pick dinner up on the way. And so, you know, she's got her tights on. She has her leotard on. And then if she eats and she needs an injection on her leg, we've got to take all of that off in the back seat. take the the insulin pins out and you know what we were doing it it was fine we we we've been we've done insulin on the beach you guys we've done it um in the airport on the go in the car like we've got that down like we have figured it out um but with the pump i can sit in the front seat give her her dinner in the back seat while she's in her chair put her carbs into this pump and I just keep driving to dance class. I mean, <laughs> we were even at an outdoor um, fair, like a fair carnival type thing this past weekend. And out in the middle of the heat, you know, I noticed her blood sugar was going up really high. And so I corrected it right there in the heat outside. She didn't even know, she doesn't even have to know what's happening, right? So it's just having this technology and these devices, I am so grateful that these things exist. And that has made our lives so much easier. Um, you know, diabetes is never gone, right? It's never managed, so to speak. Well, it's managed, but it's never, how do I say this? The reason why this can be so draining for a number of reasons is the fact that you're constantly going up or down and trying to stay in range of your sugar. And it's not like, okay, eat these things every day, do this activity every day, follow this regimen, and you're gonna stay stable. It doesn't work that way. You could do the same things every single day, and all of a sudden you're going high, or all of a sudden you're dropping too low. So it's a constant, literally 24 seven a day um, monitoring. And especially when your child is only four, you're the one that has to do everything. You know. And, let me tell you about Kat, though. Um, and I told you this is going to be a very personal episode. I'm kind of going to be all over the place. It's going to be a catch-up episode. So if that's not your thing, you know, maybe you don't want to listen. I don't know. But I'm just going to talk. Um, this girl is so smart, so intelligent, so intuitive. She understands what's happening. Um and she's curious. She wants to know how to do things. She wants to know how many carbs is this, mommy? How can I have this? Or she just she understands 
what's happening. And, you know, the first couple of weeks, like I shared before, were a nightmare. Um, it was completely heart-wrenching and heartbreaking and devastating because of how she was feeling as well. And it's like, as time has gone on, it's like, you guys, like, sorry. <laughs> um, let me just share this. I think this is the epitome. These two stories right now that I'm going to share are the epitome of um, her it was like yesterday, um, we were at this fair and there was like this little kid roller coaster and she went on it and, um, (laughs) she's not afraid of anything. She's not afraid of rides. She's not afraid of just, she's just, she is the epitome of living your life to the fullest. And she's on this roller coaster, you know, yelling. She's literally has her hands in the air on the dips and she's just having a blast. (laughs) And Frank and I looked at each other and we're like, She, diabetes is not even, it's not even a, it's not even like in her dimension. Like, it's just not even in her head. Like, she knows she has it. She's not afraid to tell people she has it. Um, but it's like, it's not gonna stop her. Like, she's gonna still live her life like that. And that just means everything. And then the second thing, um... And I'm going to get into this a little bit more because it's also another reason why I'm here and why I'm doubling down on this podcast and my business and my program in Irresistible University. And I will get into that in a little bit. But um, last week at dance class, her glucose monitor, we moved it because you have to change it every 10 days. And the last change, we put it on the back of her arm. And so then, of course, you know, in her shirts or especially her leotard, you can see it. And the way that I teach her and my husband teaches her, it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, this is part of you. You should be proud of yourself. You're proud of your meter. You're proud of your pod. Like, just be, just be you. Like, be proud of you, right? Um, and she told me, she said, oh, yeah, mommy, um, a couple girls in class, like, they were asking, like, hey, what's on your arm? And I said, oh, okay. I said, so what did you tell them? And she said, Oh, you know, I just, she's just so nonchalant. She's like, you know, I just told them I have diabetes and this is so I don't have to prick my fingers anymore. And then she just, I guess they all went back to dancing and it was no big deal. And then I asked her, I said, so when people ask you about that, I said, how does that make you feel? And she said, happy. She said, it makes me feel happy. And then she just... (laughs) She just continued on with her stories or whatever she was talking about. And it just, that for me is like confirmation of like, and this is just one more thing that we do. And this is just part of me, right? It's just like, and it's just a part of who she is. It's a part of her. And that has always been our goal from the first, you know, moment we found out is that I will be damned (laughs) if this diabetes makes changes who she is or holds her back or makes her feel weird or not normal or any of those kinds of things, right? Um, Like there's no shame in this. And another example, and I don't know if I've been on here since I talked about this, but if not, I'm repeating myself. If so, I'm repeating myself and oh well. But like um, this one day, kind of early into diagnosis and we went to the zoo because my husband was like at home and needed to work on the boat and he needed us out (laughs) on the weekend and so we went out 
um, to the zoo, and it was just me and the two kids. And at this time, we didn't have a glucose meter, so I had to go do it in the bathroom. I, I didn't have to do it in the bathroom. I did it in the bathroom because she went to use the bathroom, and we were getting ready to eat lunch. And this woman, she knew what we were doing because she was in there, and she said, I just want to tell you, you are the bravest little girl I've ever seen. And she was like in awe of her. And then we went outside because the seating is outdoors to eat or whatever. And when it was time to do her insulin, this is when we were still on the the pen injections. I said, where do you want to do the insulin? Where at? She's like, oh, right here. So because I don't ever want to say to her, okay, like let's sneak off to the bathroom and do your insulin. Don't let anybody see because I don't give a shit who sees. Like, and if you have a problem, you're going to be knowing that you crossed the wrong person, the wrong mom in a second, (laughs) because I'm not having it. I'm not going to have that. And I think that's part of the problem with things like this. Um, You know, whether it's diabetes or something else where we create shame and embarrassment around something that's just very normal, right? It's like, it's just a normal thing. Like if you need to take a pill, to, to keep you alive, you would take it at the table. My daughter's going to take her insulin at the table, period. Um, and so I think just that, like teaching her that, you know, there is no shame in this. There's nothing to be afraid of, nothing to be embarrassed about. Like we got this, right? And so I just think she is embodying that spirit and it makes me so happy to see it. And then you know, pulling up to her school and all the little kids like, hi, Catalina, like she's making friends and she's just living her damn life. Right. And from the very beginning, it was like, we kept telling her and kept telling her, this is just going to be one more step. This is just one more step in our morning routine and our nighttime routine and in our life. And that's it. You know, diabetes cannot ride in the front seat forever. It just can't. Um, so anyway, I wanted to share that, um, because that's kind of the update she's doing, she's thriving, she's loving school, she's loving her activities. She's just, I know she's my child, but she literally is such an amazing human. (laughs) And, um, she's just a boss. Like she just handles it like a boss. And, um, so there's that. Now, that said, it's not like it's not still mentally draining on me at times, you know, because it is. You, you still have your rough spots. You still have your rough nights. Uh, for example, last week, she kept going low at school. And that's terrifying when you're sitting there watching your child, your child's blood sugar dipping below 70. <laughs> um, and you're not there. And so having to let go of some of that control has not been easy. It's it's hard, but she's in good hands. She has an amazing teacher who's looking out for her. So that just makes me feel so much better. But nonetheless, it's been draining. And so the last couple months, you know, <laughs> have been personally very hard. Um it doesn't mean every moment is hard. It doesn't mean every moment is dreadful because it's not. And I think sometimes we're afraid to talk about the hard times or the bad times because we don't want anyone to think, oh my God, you must be like this all the time. And it's like, no, it comes in waves, right? It comes in waves. And, you know, I also haven't been here, like I said, because it's been hard for me to put myself first, It's been hard for me to make Amy the priority 
when the priority has literally been, I need to make sure my child is alive. And that's not being dramatic. That's being the truth, right? I have to figure this out because this is literally a life or death situation if I don't. Um, This is actual survival mode, right? And that's a lot. It's a lot. And then on top of that, you know, I'm already in the first year of Javi's life. And anyone that's had a baby knows, you know, you got to get that first year as a, you know what, right? It's hard um, because there's so many changes. There's, you know, the sleeplessness. They're going through so many different phases. Um, and that first year is, is, it's hard. And, you know, he's still not sleeping through the night. So there's that piece. It's getting better. I will tell you our stretches in the last week or so actually have gotten so much better (laughs) Um, as we're about to hit the one-year mark, which is crazy to me that he's about to be a year old, you guys. He's almost walking. Um, I just, it's, it's crazy. So how everybody said so much about 2020 being such a shit year. Um, 2021 was my hard year so far. Like this was a lot to handle. Um, you know, and not only that, (laughs) we're still in a pandemic. We're still in it. Um, and I always say this because I don't think sometimes we're recognizing that or realizing that, that, you know, we're human beings, we're adaptable, we just roll with things, we will adapt to any situation eventually. And I don't think we're still giving ourselves that um, grace that we're still in it right now, you know, and it's like a constant program that runs in the back of your mind. And I will say like, you know, getting ready to go back to school and going back, because when, when we were getting ready to make decisions about school, it's when, you know, Delta variant was just all this drama was going on around that. And you're hearing all these things. And it's just like the decision as a parent is absolutely agonizing because no matter what decision we made, it's not the right one, right? If I don't send my kid to school, there's so many things that, ugh, there's so many reasons why that's not a good decision for her and for us. If I send her to school and she gets sick, there's so many reasons why that was a shitty decision. So as a parent, it's just, it's agonizing. And I feel like kids are the ones who have been left in the dust to just figure it out because they don't have the opportunity to decline or reject a vaccine. And it's just been hard on that front. And I will say it was agonizing to make the decisions you know, um, but she's in school and she's thriving. She's doing great. So there was that. And, um, you know, we also, I know I shared this before too. We, we booked a vacation earlier in the year, like right after we got vaccinated, right when things were like getting better, the numbers were going down. Life was starting to look like, Hey, we might actually see some normalcy again. And we booked this, you know, crazy vacation to Walt Disney World. And I shared that it finally had given me something to look forward to. Because that's what had been missing for me for a while. From last year, from being pregnant, from last year pandemic. Like, I needed something to look forward to that was going to be just amazing and fun. And, um, 
you know, I want to say we booked that like April-ish, maybe sometime in April. And then when diagnosis happened in June, that was the last thing on my mind. Like the last thing I stopped watching the videos. I stopped planning. I stopped thinking about it, honestly. Um, and then right around that time in July is when Delta variant was just, they were, I mean, that's all you were hearing about the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. And we were just like, especially in Florida, we're like, we're, are we going? Are we staying? It's so stupid if we go. We're so stupid if we don't go. Like, just again, on top of the school decisions, it became all of this conversation. Um, and it was agonizing. And I kind of put it in my head that we're probably not going to go, you know. Um, <laughs> and so that made me really sad. And I think kind of fall back into my my rut and feeling depressed a little bit because it's like, great, like, We've had this thing happen to us this year that's really hard. We are just coming off the heels of having a, you know, our baby turn one, which the first year is, is just a cluster. And now this thing that we've been planning and we worked so hard for, we're probably not going to go. And not only that, you know, for those of you that rock with me, you know, after I had Javi, I had life-threatening postpartum issues. It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I was back in the hospital. Um, and I was, my husband was still tending to my C-section wound up until like February or something like that. So this year has just been crazy, 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 crazy. And I'm exhausted and I'm exhausted and I'm tired of not having like, not having fun. Like it's not to say I don't have fun here and there, but it's been so heavy and serious at times. And it's like, we just, as a family, we deserve this. And so the decision was made the other week where we're like, listen, um, anything you do right now, there is a risk that you're going to catch COVID. Anything you do, whether you're vaccinated or not. We are both vaccinated. We both had COVID over Christmas <laughs> um, from my husband's job. And, you know... <laughs> I don't know what next year is going to bring. I didn't think this year was going to bring this stuff. And so it's like, we're going to go live our life. We're going to go have fun. We're going to go do this. And we're going to take the best care of ourselves. And we are the type of people who are very conscious and very aware of this, which is why it's made the, the decision a little bit harder too. Um, and sometimes I wish I could live in the bubble that some people live in where they don't think it's real, where they think they're invincible. I'm like, I just don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's happening. Um, it's happening. And now, you know, that's, that decision was made. She's back in school. We've got the tech with the diabetes. Javi is, you know, getting stronger and more active every day where he's going to become mobile pretty soon. And he's going to be speaking more and he's sleeping longer stretches through the night. So there's like this light at the end of the tunnel. Why am I sharing all of this with you? <laughs> why? Like, why am I sharing with this with you guys? It's because all of these different things, it's like death by a thousand cuts. Where it just chip, chip, chip. For the last two years, right? It starts chipping away at you. Chipping away at you. So all of a sudden, one day, you look in the mirror and you're like, who the fuck is that? Like, who is that? right? And I have wanted to want 
myself as a priority and it just hasn't been there. Because I get through the day, let me show you, like, let me just explain to you kind of a, an example of what I'm talking about. So an example of what I'm talking about is my husband and I have been on these crazy opposite schedules for a while, right? So I work in the mornings, early morning until about one or two o'clock when he goes to work. And then he goes to work and I'm here with both of my children from, you know, one or two, one or two o'clock in the afternoon till 11, 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> and, um, it's a lot. It is a lot. So doing the dinner routine, the bath routine, the night routine with two of them, and then we throw diabetes in the mix. It just was a lot to where, um, you know, I get them down to sleep. Let me just give you a great example of how some of my nights have been over the last couple months. Okay. I get Javi to sleep. Then I run back to the room start getting cat ready for bed, get her to sleep finally. Let's say now it's already nine o'clock, okay? I now come downstairs for the first time alone all day, me and Chewy, grab myself something to drink. What? I don't, I don't drink at home, guys. Um, like water, come on. Or my diet Pepsi. <laughs> um, sit on the couch, get my computer out. I want to catch up on some work. I want to catch up on some personal development type stuff, whatever, whatever. It's my time, right? I kid you not. I will get comfortable on the couch. I'll have my drink sitting there. I'll have Chewy curled up in my lap. We've got our blanket on. Wah! Javi's awake again. Two hours after he's asleep. Okay. I move everything. I go upstairs, pat, pat, pat on the back, roll him over. He goes back to sleep. It's usually just, that's all he needs. Go downstairs. Do, 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 do get all comfortable again, start getting into whatever I'm doing. Mommy, I hear Catalina coming down the steps because she woke up to pee and she wonders why I'm not in the room with her. <laughs> I Like, like seriously, this is how it's gone. Um, you know, and then Frank gets home 11, 1130. We usually, I always stay up. Like I usually hang out with him for a little bit. We talk, we hang out. And I'm kidding you not like some of the nights we sit down within five minutes of us having conversation and catching up with each other for like the first time all day. Wah! <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I cannot, like I literally can't. Like y'all are cute, but y'all are driving me crazy. Y'all are driving me crazy, okay? So then it's like, F this, man. Like I, <laughs> like, I just can't, like, my life is in a season where it has been like kid central. And I know that that's going to change. I get it. And I hold on to that, that I know it will get a little bit better and a little bit easier. But anyway, I'm sharing that because, you know, when I come downstairs and I'm like, oh, cool, I could get in like a little workout or I could like, you know, work on myself, do some of my personal development or whatever. I get to the point where I'm just like, I quit. I'm done. I'm exhausted. I have nothing left to give, nothing left to give. And so I've been in that vicious cycle of that. And then I tell myself, okay, fine. Today is a wash. Like it's not going to happen tonight. You're going to get your ass up early in the morning. You're going to do your workout or go for a walk or whatever. You're going to do your healthy stuff all day long with your food. And we're going to take care of ourselves. Well, when children are waking up every two to three hours, 
by the time 6 a.m. is buzzing on my phone, I'm not trying to hear it. I'm not trying to hear it. So I push it till 7. Like the latest I can really sleep in is like 7, 7.30. Um, and I have to be up. But it's like, it's just, I've been in that vicious cycle. And I'm not trying to say these are excuses. I'm just telling you how my life has been. And death by a thousand cuts because it's like every day of that just chipping away and chipping away and chipping away you finally just get to a point where you're like I am so tired (laughs) not only that I've had no social life as of lately um you know like it's just it's been a hot mess it's been a hot mess um and my husband and I haven't even had a date night in almost I don't I'm like embarrassed to admit this you guys because this is so not me um it was New Year's Eve 2019. It was like the last night we had alone, like where we went out and had fun and, and all the things. And that has to stop. And I'm I'm working on some some things, <laughs> some childcare things um, to change that because it was like pandemic, pregnancy. Then now I have this diabetic child that I can't just have any person watch her and just whatever. It's time to get me back. That's the purpose of this episode. I had to get wordy and I had to share all that because I can't take it anymore. It is time for Amy to come back home to herself. And that's what I want you to to think about as well is like how far have you wandered off from home? It's time to come back home to yourself. And if you don't know what that home is or you don't like that home, girl, we're going to rebuild that home. You're going to build the house of your dreams. That's what we're going to do. We are building our dream house and we're coming back to that. And that's where I'm at right now um, because survival mode is done, okay? We've got a groove. We've got a schedule again. We've got, we've got things rolling and, and moving, okay? And so it's like now I refuse to leave myself in the dust, right? I know, I'm a pro- I, know I am a priority. I know I have to take better care of myself, and it's time to do that. It is time because the other thing is I know when I don't put myself as a priority and I'm not taking good care of me, guess what? Everybody else suffers from it. Everyone. So it's time Um, and I'm figuring out how to get back into that. And so what does that mean taking care of myself? Let me just say this. Like I... I don't think that um, I don't think that I've completely let myself go. I don't feel that way at all, but I feel like I've let a lot of things go, if that makes sense. So let me just say this. Number one, weight loss stuff. I haven't gained weight. And so I think that, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that as an accomplishment because I think many years ago, I would have probably gained 50 pounds from this whole thing that happened, right? But I haven't lost anything. I've kind of just been hanging out. And you know what? Sometimes when you're in survival mode and you're just maintaining, girl, like that's a, that's a, yes, let's, let's celebrate that. Okay. Um, but I can't stay at this weight. I, I don't feel good in this weight. I'm still carrying the baby weight, you know, um, plus the extra weight. I, I just, I can't stay this way. I don't feel good this way. And when I say taking care of myself, it's not just the weight. It's taking care of yourself is, yes, the things that you're putting in your body to eat, the way that you're moving your body and doing activity, but it's also your mental health, your emotional health, your 
social health, like how are you showing up in the world? And I think it kind of hit me too, right? Like, oh my gosh. So this one day, um, I had taken Javi to a checkup at the pediatrician and I was just wearing, it was like a, it was in the summer. It was like a sleeveless black maxi dress. It's like one of my favorite ones. Um, I have my big old diamond hoop earrings, you know, I have full glam face. Like we were doing everything. We were doing all the things, all the liner, all the bronzing, all the contouring, all of that was happening. Uh, but then you couldn't see half of it cause I had my mask and I had my like diamond blinged out mask. <laughs> and one of the ladies was like, Oh my God, you look so pretty today. Or you look so nice today. And I thought, or like so fancy today. I don't know. She said something like that. And I thought to myself, oh my God, like, but the way that I was showing up that day, that's just Amy. Like to know me is to know that's me. I'm going to have the full face of makeup on. I'm going to have the crystal blinged out nails. I'm going to have the diamond earrings and all like, that's just me. And I thought, Oh my God, how the hell have I been showing up to this place? The fact that they, and, and to me, I wasn't like being extra that day for me. That was not an extra day. (laughs) This was like daytime glam. This was not, you know, I wasn't even heels or nothing like that. This was just me. Like, this is how I usually do. Right. And I felt like, Oh my God, I must be showing up here like a disheveled hot mess or something normally. And so it, it kind of reminded me that it's, again, death by a thousand cuts. You know, um, I had stopped wearing some of my, 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 even my wedding ring because my fingers were still swollen from the weight gain with Javi. And, you know, so then I don't feel like myself there. Or I had stopped wearing certain shoes or certain doing my hair or doing my makeup a certain way. And it just it compounds and compounds and compounds. And that's why I'm always telling you, the more you take care of yourself, the more confidence you're going to have. Because I also noticed, you know, I'm a pretty confident person. I teach people this stuff, right? And I even noticed I wasn't being my, like, full, like, confident voice and self. I'm like, what is happening here? This is not okay. So sometimes, guys, we abandon ourselves because something else has our attention. And sometimes the thing that has our attention is necessary for a little while, for a season. We talk about seasons on here a lot. And this has just been a season of hard. This has just been a season of adapting. This has just been a season of let's, we got to figure this out. But this is my way forward. This is my new normal, right? I am the mother of two kids who are amazing, beautiful children, right? But they are high energy. My son is one year old, almost. My daughter's about to be five. And this season of little kids isn't going to change in six months. It's not going to change in a year, So it's like, if I don't figure out how to take better care of myself and come back to Amy, what good am I to them? What am I showing them if I roll out of bed and come to work at the office? Gross, right? No, like that's not how I want to show up in the world. And it's not how I want my kids to see me showing up in the world. Because the way you show up in the world says everything about how you're feeling about yourself at that moment. It does. Um... 
And sometimes we abandon ourselves because something else has our attention. But again, the whole theme here that we're talking about is that it's time to come back home to you, to you. And again, if you don't like the house, demo, we're going we're gonna to demolition that house and we're going to rebuild another. You know what? We might even just move to somewhere else. Like I'm moving to a house on the water with a boat ramp. Okay, <laughs> like that's where I'm going. Um, that's where I'm going to rebuild my home and I'm coming back to it. So it was confirmation for me because the other night as I was sitting down, because here's another thing I'm going to talk about. I am going through the Irresistible You program as a student. I am going through my own program with an open mind um, because I need to get back into embodying the Irresistible You principles because I know for a fact when I do that and when I live by those pillars it works it's like I'm balanced in my life in the different areas so I had this um it was like a sign right I was going through some files on my computer and I found a letter that I wrote to myself back in the summer of 2018 and that theme about coming home to yourself I kept it, it just had come to me like one day and then I saw a quote about it somewhere else. And then I opened this letter to myself and in the letter, there was a line that said, but it was also a sign from the universe that you needed to come back home to the reason why you started this journey in the first place. And I had written that in response to um, when, when I was still at my full-time job, when we had all gotten laid off because um, the company basically collapsed and we were all laid off. And I put in there, you know, this has happened. It was an amazing job, but it was a sign from the universe that you needed to come back home to the reason why you started this journey in the first place. And by journey, it meant irresistible you and like doubling down on the program and um, the business. And that, that was before the podcast was born. That was before the podcast was even born. Um, it was born probably like a week after that letter, actually. So, and I'm sharing this too, and I'm, I'm like all over the place, I know. As I was feeling the way I've been feeling, feeling like I have nothing else to give myself, feeling like I have nothing else in me, like I'm just spent, right? Um, and essentially becoming what I said I would never become, someone who forgets themselves. Like I, I, I you know, anyway. As all this was happening, I just couldn't find it in my heart to come on the podcast. I had nothing to say because I felt like a fraud. I felt like a hypocrite. I felt like, oh my God, how the hell can I get on here and talk about the things that I talk about and I'm not even doing them for myself 100%. Like, I can't do that. And I even went back and forth, you guys, um, about, you know, maybe it's time to pack it up. Maybe it's time to just pack up the podcast, close down the coaching program, shut down Irresistible University, and just do client, um, corporate client contracts. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, that would be a decision that I would probably be on my deathbed regretting for the rest of my life. Um, and you know, client work that I do behind the scenes, these corporate training projects, the pay is great. Um, you know, 
steady, but it's not where I'm meant to be. It's not where I'm meant to be full time, right? So, you know, it's just in my frustration of things, I thought, oh, I'm just going to pack it all up and I'm done. Irresistible you is dead. I'm over it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not over it. I've never been over it. I can't let it go. It's my baby. It's my thing. It's my purpose. It's my passion. It's why I was born. (laughs) And I don't mean that to be some dramatic person. Like, it's why I was born. It's why I was a chubby kid. It's why I was bullied. It's why I have struggled with weight my entire life. I was put here to do this. This thing was born in my brain. That doesn't happen by accident. If you have an idea or you have a thought or you have like this thing that you want to do that just comes to you, that is not an accident. And this was born back in, oh my gosh, 2010? And things have evolved, things have changed, but when I go back and watch my old grainy videos, (laughs) the heart and soul of what Irresistible You is, is still alive, and it's only gotten bigger. So when I read that quote that said, you needed a sign, this was another sign, you needed a sign to come, you you needed to come back home to the reason you started this journey in the first place. And the reason I started this journey in the first place was to, number one, help myself get through my dark times and have a, and have a framework and a way to live my life. And it was also a way to share and do that for other women. But I had to do it for myself first. And when I see my little girl, here I go, guys. <laughs> can't talk about her without crying. When I see my little girl walking around with two medical devices on her body, if that's not a sign from a divine being, from God, from the universe, if that's not a sign that I was born to do this, I don't know what else is. Because body image is not just how fat or skinny you are. Body image is not just what you weigh. Body image is not how many roles you have. Okay? Body image comes in many different forms. And I can guarantee there are girls and women out there who are embarrassed and ashamed that they have to wear medical devices on their bodies. You know? Um, and I make it my mission that she knows it's nothing to be ashamed about, that you need to be proud of who you are. And I also know that other kids are mean. And I don't mind kids asking her because they've never seen it before. You know, they're curious. And that's fine. And I think it's great because she can be an advocate about these things as well. And it's like, I know there will be the day, though, someone's child is not nice. I know the day will come when someone will say something rude or mean or cruel. And I was bullied for my weight. And so I know how traumatic that is. And I know how that feels. And would it be doing a service to my daughter to say, you know what, 
mommy used to have this awesome podcast where she helped women feel confident in their skin. She used to help them with body image. She used to help them feel good about themselves. And she also had this amazing online coaching program that did the same thing with her students. Well, where did that, what happened, mommy? You don't do that anymore? And I would say, no, I shut that down because I wasn't feeling good about myself because I was exhausted from life. <laughs> that is not going to work for me. <laughs> that is not going to fly. That is not, no, no, no. Enough is enough, guys. Enough is enough. Like, I have a bigger purpose and I have a duty to help myself, but help my daughter to help you guys as well. And that is why I'm here. And that's why I wanted to say, you know, one of the things I was talking about in this episode too is like, what's next? Like I talked about where I've been, what's been going on, what's next? And it's me. It's me doubling down on the Irresistible You podcast. Like I have been having withdrawal from not recording. I have been having withdrawal from not talking with some of you because, you know, I haven't been as active on social media either because I go on there and I'm just like, ugh, like I don't want to be here right now. And I want to come back and I want to be active again on there. And I want to, you know, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to double down, it's time to go hard. It's time to go hard. And that's what I'm here to do. Because I have a responsibility, I have a duty, I have an obligation to show my kids that we don't give up. We don't give up because life got too hard. We might stumble, we might stay in the same place for a little while, but then when the dust settles, you got to get your ass up and make a decision. What are you going to do? You know, and the other component I think this uh, contributed a lot this summer is I turned 40. I didn't really talk about it. I didn't do a birthday episode like I've done before. Um, you know, it was not the 40th birthday that I had envisioned because it was only a month after Kat's diagnosis. And it was just, we were not in a place where we could really do much. Um, we were not in a place where we could even mental. It was just, it was, it was a hard time. Okay. So it was very low key. I wanted an over the top, ridiculous 40th. I wanted to go somewhere. I want, whether it was out of town, whether it was something local, like I just wanted to get glam, put my high heels on, go out and just be me. And I haven't been able to do that in a very long time. And I'm done. I'm done waiting. What am I going to wait for? <laughs> When things slow down, you know, no, no. Um, and, and I'm sharing that with you because it's like, whatever you're going through in your life, if it's, at some point you have to understand, this is just where you're at. This is what it means to be in the moment. And that's the other thing is like, I'm not embodying, being in the moment doesn't mean we're rushing everything away till it gets better. It's like, here's where we're at. Let's tell the truth of our situation and now let's come up with a plan to live the best version of ourselves through that. And, um, you know, I saw this because I, I follow like all these like type one parents now on Instagram and stuff. And this one lady that I follow, she had put a, a story about her and her husband were on vacation together alone for the first time in 12 years. And I thought to myself, 
hell no to the no 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 like no i no <laughs> like i no 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 i can't imagine 12 years from now frank and i have our first weekend away like what no um you know her kid was like probably cat's age and now she's like 16 or something and it's just it's a no for me so it's like let's figure that out. Like we have to have someone reliable. We have to have, we have to have a way for us to still be us because we're the foundation of this family. Frank and I are the foundation of this whole family. And if it wasn't for the two of us, no one else would be here. Right. So it's like, you have to get back to that. So, um, no, that's just a no for me. So again, it's time to come back home to myself. I'm going to rebuild the house. Um, I want to feel like Amy again. I want to get back into the Irresistible You journey. I want to get back into embodying the pillars and principles of this framework because they work, right? They absolutely work. And I will say this, um, the number one killer, so let's talk, so, so let's talk about a few things, okay? There's a couple things that I want to talk about. So number one, getting back into the principles of irresistible you. There's five principles. They are um, the entire coaching program and online program is built around those principles. And that's how we, we do things. Share those really quickly. So number one is break the rules. Break the rules is about getting rid of the inner fat bitch dialogue, all the nasty shit you're telling yourself, all the rules that you've created about what you can and cannot do based on your size, based on your weight, based on whatever, okay? Number one, we got to clear that out and we got to rewrite the rules. We got to reframe our thoughts. We got to get rid of that inner fat bitch because she is not welcome to this house. Okay. Number two is make confidence queen. This is about creating confidence within yourself to feel like the queen that you are, right? To um, make confidence the queen of your life, to figure out confidence doesn't come by reading a bunch of things and like, oh, I'll get to that later. Confidence comes in the doing before you feel ready. And so we talk about what's your next best step. What's your next best step? Number three is feed your soul. That is something I know I'm not doing. <laughs> feed your soul is, you know, what are the things that fill you up with joy? What are the things that you like to do? And if you're not feeding your soul and you are literally doing, 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 doing for everyone else, that is when you get to the end of the day and you do not have one ounce left to give to you. You've got to figure that out. So that's number three. Number four is be in the moment. That is about mindfully acknowledging, not accepting, acknowledging that this is where you're at right now. Whether it's the body you're in and you don't like it, this is where you are. It doesn't mean you're not working to lose weight and change it if that's what you desire. It means if you're going somewhere tonight and you don't like the body you're in, what good is it going to do you to sit around and be sad and moping and talking shit to yourself when you can't change that tonight? You got to work with what you have right now and just be in the moment. So that's like being in the moment. Um, number five is get your glam on. This is all about how are you taking care of yourself? How are you physically showing up in the world? Are you just rolling out of bed with the messy hair, not shaving your legs, looking like a hot disaster, right? 
Or are you putting some effort into your appearance now at this size, at this weight? You're not sitting around waiting for the weight for that to happen. Okay, those are in a very, that is the, the fastest like nutshell of what the principles are. And they go into a lot more detail than that, obviously. So it's like when I am fully abiding by <laughs> or living by these principles, um, my weight comes off because I'm dropping the emotional weight. It's all about the emotional weight, you guys. And I've been carrying a lot of emotional weight these past couple months, right? And I will tell you, the number one killer of your weight loss journey is the inability to manage your emotions and put yourself as a priority. Let me say that again. The number one killer of your weight loss journey is the inability to manage your emotions and put yourself as a priority. It's not about the diet plan or how much you're working out or all of this kind of stuff. It's like if you're not managing your emotions and putting yourself as number one, you're not going to care enough to take care of yourself. You're not going to you're not going to have it in you to take better care of yourself and make good decisions. So for me, it's like embodying the the rules, getting back to taking better care of myself as a result, which means better food choices, planning out the food, getting in the activity, which also feeds my soul. If I get out every, every day, I get outdoors with my kids, with my dog or with myself, that feeds my soul and it keeps me active and it keeps the weight off. When I take better care of myself, makeup, hair, the outfit, and I feel really confident and pretty in my own skin, I am more likely to make better decisions. When you are wearing a dirty sweatshirt, messy hair, you don't give a shit if you're going to go sit on the couch with a big bowl of food. Because it just, it, the slobbiness creates more slobbiness, honestly, seriously, right? The fabulousness creates more fabulousness. What do you want to do? Which one do you choose? So, um, so there's that. And so I am putting myself back through the program as a student. And I tried really hard as I'm going through it to not like write stuff down to change or add or whatever, but I can't help it. Like this is my program. This is my baby. I am a, you know, training designer by trade anyway. So it's like, as I'm going through it, I'm finding things also that can be improved or enhanced. And so what's cool about that is anyone that's in my program, that's already paid for the program, no matter when they took the program, they will get access to all of that because they have access to the, the online materials forever. So that's going to be really cool for, for those of you that are inside the program. Um, and I want to share this journey. I don't want to do this in a bubble. I'm, I'm put, coming on here also to be accountable because I want to share as I pull myself out of this place and I start to come back, come back home to me, I want to share what this has been like or what this is like. Cause I feel like I'm in a place where it's time for a glow up again. We need to like, we just got to do this. It's time to do this. It's time. And it's also time to lose the weight for the last time. Um, you know, when I look at pictures of cat almost a year old, I mean, I had lost pretty much almost all the weight for the most part, not all of it, but a good chunk of it. And I was just, I was in a much better place mentally. So it's time. I don't want to be at Javi's fifth birthday party talking about the baby weight. <laughs> um, and I just turned 40. And it's like, if it's not now, then when? Seriously. Like, 
seriously, stop your excuses. Stop your bullshit. If it's not now, like, when are you really going to do this? I don't want to be in my 50s and older and, like, still having the same shit going on. Like, I'm done having kids. There's no reason for me to gain weight anymore um, unless I make that decision to gain weight, right? So I am just in a place where I want to fully become, again, like, the most irresistible version of Amy. From my mental state to my emotional health to my physical state to just everything, all the things, right? It's it's like the, the full circle, and so that's what I'm I'm gonna do, and I want to um, document that. I want to share that through the podcast, through my social media, and I don't know if you guys have ideas of like what do you want to see from me as someone who knows what to do, who created this program, who created this framework. What do you want me to, like? What do you want me to share? What do you want to hear and see from me? Please let me know. Like DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email or post it up in the po- the free podcast group. Let me know um, because I also want to provide something that's valuable to you guys as well. Um, so there's that. And then when we get back into the weight loss thing, this is something else I'm tossing around that I, I don't know if you would be interested in me sharing more of this too, but it all ties together. Honestly, it's not like you're doing weight loss and irresistible you. It's not like a separate journey. It's like, you're not going to lose your weight and keep your weight off if you're not practicing good confidence and self-love. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. It's not going to happen. So, um, you know, I feel like I have a lot of weight to lose. I do. And I'm going to share my numbers and that's just like so vulnerable to share, but I'm going to set the standard that we don't need to have shame around the number because it's just a number. Um, when I had Javi, I was like right almost at 270. Okay. Um, as of today, I'm at 240. Okay. So I'm 30 pounds and I still have a long way to go. And so when I look at that number, 240, and I think, oh my gosh, I technically need to lose like probably 100 pounds. Um, I don't know. 100 pounds from 270 is 170. And when I'm in that range, I look really good. I look really fit. I look really um, curvy and fit. Like I just, I like the 170, 180 for me. I feel like if I get there and I feel like I need to lose more, cool, whatever. Um, And I think that's how you need to evaluate. You can't just look at a chart and say, well, it says I should be 134. So you might get to 160 and look amazing and feel amazing, right? But when I think about that, If I take 270 to 170, you guys, that's 100 pounds, okay? When I think about, oh my God, I have to lose 100 pounds. That is overwhelming. That feels hard, AF. That feels like it could never happen, right? It feels impossible, honestly. But when you say, you know what? I need to lose 10 pounds 10 times. Can you feel how much lighter that sounds? I need to lose 10 pounds 10 times. That, I can do that. That's very doable. And so when I think about that, it's like, well, I've already done it three times. If we're measuring from Javi's birth, right? I've already done it three times. Now I need to do it seven more times, maybe less. Who knows? Depending on where I am. Um, And so that's the journey that I'm on. And I also want to incorporate 
you know, not just my irresistible you and how I'm embodying the principles and applying them and what I'm learning out of the program, going through it again as a student, but also as it relates to weight loss. Is that interesting to you? Is that something you want me to do? How can this help me with my weight loss? How does this help you with weight loss? Let's talk about that. If that's what you want. Um, so I'm going to just be thinking about that and I want to hear your feedback and how I can maybe do some episodes around that maybe even each week as I'm going through this Um, because obviously my not obviously I don't know why I say that my first goal is to just get to Wonderland again if I can get to Wonderland that would be amazing Um, and I I just start to feel so much better physically and that's the other thing too is that weight being overweight never really had a huge impact on my health. I've been lucky in that regard, even at my highest, non-pregnant highest. But 40, <laughs> hello, I still can't, I still can't uh, grasp and like that, I, I just can't. I'm not there yet, guys. I have some thought work to do <laughs> around 40. When I saw 40, I went to the, the drugstore the other day to get a prescription and it had my name, like patient, and then it said patient age 40. It's not registering for me. It's like, that's my mom. That's that's like a teacher. That's like, I'm not 40. What the hell? Um, I'm not there yet. So I have my own thought work to do around what that means. Anyway, but being 40, oh, anyway, I want to like throw up when I say it. Being 40, things start to change, right? Your body changes. Um, and I don't want to be an unhealthy older person. I just, I don't want to set myself up that way. And so this is important to me. Um, it just is. And so it's time. I want to feel better. I want to be more active. I want to take better care of myself. I want to set a better standard for my kids. I want to go all in on my podcast and my program again, and just be there for all of you as well. And so the way that I can do that I got to start with me. So I'm going to start with me and I'm going to share that journey. I'm going to share what it's like to kind of rebuild and come back home. And I hope that that's helpful in some way. And so 10 pounds, 10 times, we got seven more to go and I can do this. So the next right now, what I'm going to focus on is four. I'm going to lose weight 10 times. I'm sorry. I'm going to lose 10 pounds four times to get me down to the wonderland. And then we're going to reevaluate from there what's going to happen. So maybe every week I can share part of that journey and what I'm learning and what you can apply and taking things from the program and all of that. So I'm rambling. This was a long episode. (laughs) This is a lot to share. Um, But I just want to be Amy again. I want to feel like myself. I want to come back home to myself. I I want to remember who the F I am. I know I did an episode on that too. And now it's time to do that. So what's going to happen from here? Weekly episodes are coming back every single Monday. Guarantee you. Okay. And where we communicate outside of the episodes are through two ways. Number one, there is the Irresistible You free podcast group. Okay. It's a private group. The second way is through Instagram. I'm at Irresistible Icing. The third way, and this is like more exclusive, I guess you could say, is through my email list. I do have an email list where I send out, um, 
I send out emails, I send out notifications when the program is on sale, when we're launching new things, like when new episodes come out, all of that kind of stuff. And if you're not on my email list, I highly suggest that you get yourself on there. <laughs> you definitely want to get yourself on there and let me give you the information so that you can do that. I'm going to give you the link to that and I'm also going to link it in the show notes. Okay, so if you are not on my email list, the way that you can get on it is I want you to go to irresistibleu.info slash action plan. I also have that linked in the show notes. You put your name and your email in there, and I'm also going to send you a guide with the five steps to look and feel irresistible. That'll go right to your email, so be on the lookout for that if you've signed up. That way, you will be in the know when there's a new episode, when anything is launching at Irresistible University, when anything in the program is happening, like, you'll learn all of that, and so it's the best way to stay in communication um, kind of on the inside so to speak so that's those are the three ways that we communicate through the free Facebook group through my Instagram and through email Um, so make sure that you are signed up and you know following or in any of those those three things so on that note you guys I'm gonna run this is long enough I'm happy to be back. I hope that you are happy to hear my voice again. I would love to hear how this episode or this podcast is helping you. The best way for you to do that is you can put a review on iTunes and just let us know, you know, what you think, how it's helped you. And that is such a big way to also help the podcast grow. Um, Because like I said, I'm here to double down on it. It's time. We're going to grow this baby. We're going to make the ears of you even bigger than it is. And I can't wait to go on this entire journey with you guys and to follow you can follow me and I can follow you and we can do all the things and have all the fun and, blah, blah, blah. and I'm talking too much and it's time to go I love you guys until the next one stay irresistible bye